Good morning, Calvary. Our family's out of town this Sunday, but I wanted to take a moment and introduce this message to you today. You're in for a treat. Many of you know Pastor John Ketchum, who serves as our worship pastor, and I'm so thankful that God has allowed us the privilege to serve together with Pastor John and Emily and their family. And today, he is going to lead you on a discussion with a panel of our worship team leaders of what worship is all about. I know this is going to be a blessing for you, and really do believe that this is a significant conversation for us and the life of our church. And so would you give a great big Calvary welcome to our worship pastor and his team, Pastor John Ketchum. Thank you. Well, I just want to start off and say that I'm so grateful for this team up here. These guys serve our church and God so passionately and so faithfully, and they have true hearts of worship. I'm sure they're all familiar faces, but I'd like to just take a second for them to introduce themselves. I'm Dustin Cooper, and I lead worship here and play the drums. My name's Adam Smith. I play guitar. My name is Joel Moss, and I'm on staff here as the creative director. I am Beverly Liner, and I lead worship here. I'm Roger Tipping. I serve in the uh, chapel venue in our generation service across the hall, and I also lead worship for our young adults group. I am Fumiko Tipping, and we're married. <laughs> um, and I am worship leader. <laughs> All right. Well, we're so thankful to uh, have the opportunity to talk to you on worship today. We want to start off by saying that worship is not music. Worship is a lifestyle. It's the act of thanking him, surrendering to him. It's our response to who he is, showing adoration and appreciation for him. The Bible talks a lot about worship. One of my favorite verses is John 4, verse 23 to 24. It says, but the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. We are designed to worship God, to devote ourselves to him and his will. I just want to encourage you, if you have time this week, uh, go to our website, toledocalvary.org, and if you go into the sermon archive, you can check out the message messages that Pastor Chad and I did last year um, called How We Worship and Why We Worship. So today we want to talk about how we use music as an expression of worship. It's a tool. It's a gift that we use to praise God. We're going to mainly focus on using music in our corporate time like we just did and also in our personal time. You know, the 25 to 30 minutes that we gather together to sing praises every week is so important and so powerful. We're using songs to sing praises to his name, to glorify him, to honor him, to thank him. I love what Colossians 3.16 says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. We are called to worship together with songs. The word praise is actually mentioned in the Bible approximately 250 times. The Bible also contains over 400 references to singing and 50 direct commands to sing. Wouldn't you agree that this is important to God? Mika, would you share with us how important the time is for you when we corporately sing together? Sure. Um, I always think what's so interesting and amazing really about corporate worship is, like you said, it's, it's a tool. Music is a tool, but um, we, uh, we were actually created as human beings to respond to music. Um, God made our bodies to respond to music frequencies, and different sciences have kind of caught on to this fact 
and um, you can you can find music therapies that are available nowadays. But why this this aspect of how we're made is relevant to corporate worship because we also know that the Bible tells us where two or three are gathered in His name, there I will be. So there's power when we gather together in unity as His children, and then when we when we gather together under that power, um, and then we use this tool that is worship music. Um, that affects us um, almost physiologically in a way. Um, what can happen is all the the stuff that we walk in with, all of the trials and the struggles, all of the distractions that we come in here with on a Sunday, they can start to subconsciously be broken down. And what that does is it makes way for the Holy Spirit to be able to, to work with people and for people to experience him spiritually, um, which is really... That's why we're here. Um, you can be, as a Christian and as a human, you can be talked into and talked out of so many different ideas and, and philosophies. But once you've actually experienced the Lord for yourself, um, you can't be talked out of that. And so all the effort that's put forth using this tool of worship, joining together, as the Bible tells us to do, um, it's to facilitate the Holy Spirit coming and moving and changing people in really a life-changing kind of a way. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And, you know, you said this word together, and that, that's really what comes to my mind when I think about corporate worship. You know, when I, when I think about what we're doing as a body, it's um, we're able to come together at least once a week and worship corporately, worship together. Um, and what, what comes to my mind is really just this is how culture is created. This is how we create community. I mean, we do things like connect groups and serve week and things like that. And these are things that we do together, and that helps create kind of the atmosphere, this culture of what, what Calvary has. Um, but the unique thing about corporate worship is that we're able to use music and we're able to use song. Um, it, it, there's not a lot that exists in the world that can unify and, like, basically uh, coordinate that many people simultaneously. We could pack stadiums full of people, and we'd be able to coordinate everyone working together for, you know, one song, everybody be able to sing together. So I think it's a really neat aspect of corporate worship that, that we get to do every week. Yeah, one of my favorite verses is uh, Psalm 95, verse 1 to 2. It says, O come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise to him with songs of praise. So even if you can't sing, you can still praise him with a song. It's your heart he cares about, not necessarily the sound of your voice. You know, Pastor Keith over here has begged me for about a year to let us let him sing on stage. I've decided to spare you all from that so you can thank me because he can't sing at all. With that said, though, he worships his heart out every single week over there with his hands up, singing praise to God with a joyful heart. And that's what God cares about. He's a true worshiper, even though we won't give him a microphone. You know, worship songs are such powerful gifts that we can use to praise him. Yeah, and um, what I found with a lot of worship songs is they actually can put into words um, prayers or thoughts or even worship in general uh, in ways that I can't or my brain can't formulate these words. But, um, you know, a song like I Will Trust You, um, I've talked to several people that have said, you know, it's such a simple song but they need that because sometimes they have to reaffirm it to themselves that I will trust you you know and that God's got this um, I also think about uh, the song thank you we just did it a couple weeks ago and at the very end of the song um, we just sang a couple lines that just said thank you and um, 
that's always a really powerful moment for me because that is unique to everybody. You know, my thank you is different than your thank you. And, you know, we're all saying the same thing, but it's an individual experience that we all get to have. Just like we thank God differently for all the things that he's done for us, we worship him differently. And uh, a cool story from the platform, um, one week I saw the hearing impaired worshiping our Lord. And they don't hear the music. They don't um, hear the same things that we do, but they were praising him. They were signing their praise to him. And I think that that was such a beautiful expression of worship, to praise the Lord. And um, there's another story of a family who uh, received a cancer diagnosis, and it was very sudden and very hard on all of them and just looking out and seeing them holding hands together and praising the Lord and worshiping together was such a beautiful sight and it just reminds me of when the Lord says to praise him in all circumstances yeah. and that's a powerful story worship as a, a family is a really beautiful thing and that's something that we as a church family get to do together every Sunday um, sometimes being on the stage gives us a little bit of a different vantage point during corporate worship and in what we see and some of, the, some of my fondest memories are worship moments uh, where I looked out and saw some of my church family and specific people in, in our church family that I knew were in the middle of intense struggle and, and real pain and loss and still seeing them very visibly breaking through all of that and worshiping God. And God knows, he knows our situations and he knows our struggles. And when we push through those things and worship him, uh, he knows the difficulty, he knows the cost. And I think that's a sacrifice of praise that is precious to him. Yeah, definitely. And for me, I, I love corporate worship here at Calvary and just in general because for me, it's, it's, it's the closest thing to heaven here on earth. And, and every week when we worship together, you can look around and you say, oh, my gosh, this is what heaven is going to be like. And that's just such a cool revelation if you look at it that way, not just as singing songs together, but we're practicing for eternity. And that's just such a great thought. Amen, yeah. Yeah, in our live services, which you're in right now, the Auditorium One, uh, you know, we sing mostly newer songs, uh, some songs you would even hear on the radio. You know, I'm constantly blown away by the songs that are being, being released today that have such power and anointing and are such prayers that we need to declare today. You know, one song, Build My Life, that we've sang for a while, you know, it's been a personal prayer for me. Those words, I will build my life upon your love. It is a firm foundation. I'll put my trust in you alone. It's a declaration saying, God, let my life, my relationships, my marriage, and every decision I make have you at the center of it, be built on your foundation. You know, another song, yes and amen, faithful you are, faithful forever you will be, and all your promises are yes and amen, so I can rest in your promises. My confidence is your faithfulness. What a powerful prayer. Another song we just sang, Heal Our Land. You know, I can't think of a more timely song that we need to sing. Lord, would you heal our land? Breathe on your church. We pray in every nation that Christ be known. You know, I believe some songs have specific seasons that are meant to be sung. You know, right now we're mostly singing songs of hope, that he is the only hope that we can depend on. I remember as a kid worshiping in church to songs like Draw Me Close and Breathe, you know, those classic songs. Those will be memories and encounters with Christ that I'll never forget for the rest of my life. But I'm thankful for these new songs that we're doing that are creating new memories and new encounters for me with God. I believe that new songs can create new encounters with God if we allow them to. You know, hymns are still so beautiful and powerful and should be sung today. In fact, one of the awesome things about the generation service that Roger just mentioned 
you know, at 10 a.m. in the chapel, is that we include at least one hymn in the sets over there. You know, the new songs we're singing in here are still about the same person those hymns were written about. And actually, a lot of them riff off the hymns or are inspired by the hymns. If you've ever wondered how we pick the songs we sing, um, well, I'm at fault for that. I pick them. So if you like them, you can thank me. If you don't, you can blame me. <laughs> when I come across a song that I think will be great to worship with, you know, I start with this process. I start worshiping with it in my own time. And I check, is it theologically correct? Is it rooted in scripture? I get Pastor Chad's opinion. And I just pray, God, is this a song that we're supposed to sing that will draw us closer to you? There's a lot of worship songs out today and that have been written in recent years, too, that just aren't theologically correct. And don't worry, we're not going to do those. But we know sometimes it can be a struggle to be engaged in worship. And even as worship leaders, we struggle with that sometimes. Beverly, can you talk about what you do when you're struggling to get engaged in corporate worship? Absolutely. You know, we walk in here on Sundays, um, sometimes with just so much going on in our lives. You know, I'm a mother of four. I'm very busy, and life is hectic sometimes. And uh, even on the platform, sometimes you just don't get a lot of sleep the night before, and there's so many things thrown at you. But in Psalms 100, it says, you know, to enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. And I think that that is an excellent place to start, is to start thanking God and thanking him for what he's done for you, for who he is, for what he's going to do. And I just, um, that'll open up the door to, to receiving from him. But not only that, but it'll also take the focus off of us and then put it right back on him. When I struggle to worship, I always have to remind myself to speak to God and take a, a, take a moment to listen and wait for him to say something back to me. Uh, when, when Miko and I first came to Calvary and brought our family to Calvary, we came from a, a much more conservative corporate worship environment that we were used to. And coming in off the street, our first time here, we sat on the left side of the auditorium. And at the time, the drums were incredibly loud on that side where if you sat there, all you could hear was drums and really nothing else. And uh, it was a huge culture shock, just sitting there. And I could barely hear the singers, just drums blast. And I really honestly just felt like I was sitting in a rock concert. And... I was disappointed, I just didn't know what was going on, and, and I, was, I was talking to God, just trying to find a way to worship. And I think it was the third song of the set. The team did the song Cornerstone, and uh, a, an older gentleman behind me uh, must have known the song really well because he sang it incredibly loud, uh, very out of tune, and about an inch and a half from my right ear. <laughs> and uh, it's funny when you say it that way, but to be honest with you, it was a powerful moment for me because it wasn't, the, it wasn't the volume or the pitch that I noticed in that moment. It was the sincerity that he sang with. And the way that he was worshiping, it took me from feeling like a stranger uh, in a strange place and, and not knowing anyone, just completely outside of, of what I was used to. And I knew immediately when he was singing with that sincerity, I knew that I was surrounded by God's people and I was able to worship myself. So God answered my need through the sincere worship of another person. And I'm really thankful that he can respond to our needs like that. So good. Yeah, you know, we use lights and haze and creative video elements, as you saw, you know, that are meant to set the tone and the atmosphere during worship. You know, our tech team works so hard to provide all of, all of those elements. And actually, that's a form of worship for them. They're using their gifts to serve this church and serve God. And just a reminder, we're not performing. You know, it might seem like a rock show, like, you know, you first thought, um, 
because it's rock music in a way, you know, but we're singing praises to God. That's what we're doing. We're not putting on a show. Yeah, and like for me, uh, part of my job here at the church is to make sure that what happens on stage hopefully goes well on a Sunday. Um, it's still all Pastor John's fault if something does go wrong, but yes. I just kind of help. Um, but it's very easy for me when I participate in a corporate worship setting to take a look at the stage or take a look at what's going on and uh, just decide to focus on that. Like, what's going well? What's not going well? Um, you know, I don't get a, a ton of chances to be out here. I'm mostly up here on stage leading worship. Um, but, you know, if someone hits a bad note or, um, you know, let's say lights aren't working or lyrics aren't popping up on the screen at the right time, um, it's very easy for me to start judging and start to try and fix things in my head and, and honestly start to get somewhat prideful because I take pride in my work, but then I start to put that and value that over the worship that, um, that I'm supposed to be helping to lead or participate in. Um, so I find that I have to start actually pushing my pride to the side to be able to start engaging in corporate worship. I think this uh, concept of pride is, is, is interesting to me because I know when I find myself struggling to worship, when I really get down to the root and the heart of you know, why I'm struggling, it, it is because of pride or selfishness. I'm thinking about myself. Um, I think that for me to get through that, I remind myself that part of the purpose of worship is alignment to God. Um, I think historically speaking, mankind has not been awesome at figuring out where we fall in relation to God. Um, we typically have, we let pride set in, we, we put ourselves above him, we, we put ourselves first, um, and worship can serve as that reminder to say, essentially, God is God and I am not. It's, it's a good reminder for us to have that. Um, but even if I, as I have those thoughts, you know, sometimes it, there was a point in my life where, you know, worship music, for, it, it essentially became, it felt kind of redundant almost, like, like why do I have to tell God that he's God? Right? He knows. Why, why do I need to tell him he's great? He, he already understands this. Um, so it, it was hard for me to understand the point for a while. But then you know, I, I thought it through just kind of logically, and I could ask myself, well, do I believe God is perfect? And I said, yes, God is perfect. And does he love us? And, you know, well, yeah, he loves us. And so if I really thought that through, and I thought, well, if God's perfect and he loves us and wants what's best for us, by definition, he can't want anything other than himself for us. Um, so... That made a lot of sense to me. Um, it helped me put things in perspective, um, and just you know, using worship as that that time to align and uh, be in right relationship to God. Yeah, and putting things into perspective is so and so important. And remembering that it's about God and His purpose. Like that's why we're all here. Um, there's definitely been times in the past when I've struggled. For example, uh, if I've been given a song to lead which you said I could blame you for that, so I'm going to blame you. But uh, a song that I laid that maybe I'm not so fond of, um, that maybe I struggle a little bit for whatever you know silly reason it might be, um, there's been those times, and in that moment when I'm struggling, I've had to take myself back and think about the person who wrote that song and understand that that person was not just doing it haphazardly, but that they were seeking God's will and they were seeking his purpose. And they may have even gotten a specific word from God to express in this certain way. And while, um, while I might not, for whatever reason, respond to it 
um, or care for it that much. It might be the exact thing that somebody else sitting out in the worship audience um, needs to hear to speak life and truth into their situation. So, yeah, I've, I've definitely struggled with it at times, but uh, the great thing is that in those times when I've struggled and I'm leading this song, I look out into the audience and seeing people, how, how they respond to it and how they're worshiping in all this genuine um, worship. And, I, and I've been won over, ultimately. And I start to worship with the same appreciation. And so, yeah, I've, I've actually grown to love songs that initially I maybe struggled with just because of how other people worshiped and responded to them. Yeah, I just, I like you guys, wake up on Sunday and I'm excited to worship. I love worshiping. And then I come in here and I hear those words that we all fear. Everyone's had that thought when John says, uh, we're going to introduce a new song this morning. And then you just close your eyes and you just think, you just focus, <laughs> you just push through it. It's like, it's not my favorite thing. And, and, but I just look, I just take a step back like they're saying, and I just say like, what is Pastor John trying to do? Like, what is he trying, what does he think the Lord is guiding him to say for the church? And through this song and, and, and just know it's not about me, it's about the body of Christ. And, and also, just because the thought I had is, just because we're all up here doesn't mean that we have everything together and everything's perfect. Uh, when we're leading worship songs, half, the most of the most powerful times I have during worship is when I'm back on the drums and I'm looking at a worship leader and I know that that person is going through something, whether they're, you know, they're singing about healing and they haven't received healing themselves or uh, it's a mom that just had a miscarriage, and she's singing, I will trust you. Uh, and it's just like, it's, it's so powerful to see someone else having a breakthrough that it causes me in my own life to reflect and say, uh, I need to push through and I need to worship too, no matter what I'm going through or what I'm feeling. That's good. Yeah, and in those moments that I, I actually struggle sometimes, you know, up here getting engaged, you know, with different fears or frustrations or worries, and I just, you know, I take a second and I turn all of those worries as fears or whatever into praise. I just declare that, God, you're stronger than that, you're greater than that. I'm going to raise my hands right now as an act of surrender and let go of all that and give it to you and thank you for who you are. You know, I believe in worship that we're fighting battles, too. You know, there are a lot of times in the Bible, like Second Chronicles 20, where it's mentioned that God's people used singing praise to God as a weapon in their battles, and God showed up. You know, I think that's what we're doing on Sunday morning. We're singing against sickness, saying, God, you are above all sickness. You are life. There's healing in your presence. Who can compare to you? Against anxiety, against pain, at the mention of your name, every chain will break. Singing against every trial we face, singing your love is greater, your love is stronger. We're celebrating who God is and what he's done. You know, I'd love to inv invite you to the worship night next Friday night. It'll be in here at 7 p.m. It's just a night dedicated to seeking his presence and another opportunity for us to gather together and worship. Our CSM worship team is actually going to open up, and then our team will lead the ending. But I also want to encourage you to bring your kids. You know, we have an amazing children's ministry on Wednesdays and Sundays, but this is a time to bring them and worship alongside them. We want to encourage you to not let Sundays be the only time you worship God. And that's why another reason we're having the worship night. You know, we post the set lists of the song on Facebook every week. So you can find what songs you liked or maybe didn't like. Um, and use those songs, you know, throughout the week in your personal worship time. You can print out the lyrics, put them in the Bible, in your Bible when you're reading the Bible or praying throughout the week. 
Um, Joel, can you share how you use music in your personal worship time? Yeah. Um, as a musician, like I love music in general. Um, so I constantly have it on in the background um, while I'm working and while I'm uh, in the car or at home. Um, and I found that a lot of times, um, especially with worship music, it can so easily just be a background noise. Um, and so I, I have to be intentional about the time that I take to worship um, and to never use it as a substitute, but use it as a supplement. Um, and, you know, it would be really easy for me to be like, oh, well, I didn't read my Bible today or I didn't pray today, so I'm just going to turn some worship music on in the background or I'm going to just do one song and I'm good. Like, never use it as an excuse, um, but always use it to take that time and focus on, um, you know, what God could be speaking to you in, through that song. Or, you know, even just using it as thank you or, you know, to pray. And, um, you know, something that I've started doing uh, recently is while I listen to worship music, I'll actually have the lyrics up and read the lyrics as I'm going through the songs because I found that there's a lot of songs that I know because I've heard them so many times go through the background, but I don't actually know or understand what is being communicated. Um, and so it's really helped me to actually read the lyrics as I go through. And um, just a, a couple weeks ago, I was uh, listening to this song. Um, it's called So Will I. And um, love the song. I've heard it a lot. Um, have really kind of attached myself to it because, you know, it's got a great melody and I like what it says and stuff like that. But I never really sat down to actually think about what's being said in the song. Um, and towards the end of the song, there's uh, lines that say, uh, I can see your heart eight billion different ways, and referring to us as people, um, and uh, each precious one, a child you died to save, if you gave your life to love them, then so will I. And in that moment, um, I had heard it a lot of times before, but actually reading it and basically saying it to myself as, um, as that song was playing, God's love was revealed to me in a new way, and his love for people. And you know, if he gave his life for them, then so will I. It doesn't necessarily mean I have to die on a cross, um, but it means that I'm going to give my life to serve and to love others. I know in my own uh, personal worship time that when I'm driving, there's times where I just want to listen to worship music, and then there's times where I have, I'm saying I, I am deliberate, and I say, like, this is, I need to focus on God. I really need to hear something in this moment. So sometimes I don't like to listen to worship music with words because I get distracted by what it's saying or... Uh, you know, I go on a tangent. I'm very uh, attention. Uh, I, I have pro trouble, trouble, trouble with that. So, so for me, it's it's listening to music with without words and just focusing on God and saying, you know, speak to me now. You know, and listening. I worship very similarly. Um, sometimes it's it's just with uh, instrumental music, just praying to the Lord and um, with my spirit. And sometimes I'll turn on Bethel uh, worship and listen to that. Um, but it's, it's really important, like you were saying, to block out that time. But I do know sometimes life just gets a hold of you. And, okay, I don't have a few minutes right now, so I'm getting, while I'm taking care of this job or doing this thing, I'm going to go ahead and, and start worshiping the Lord and, and put on that worship music. And I also think that it's important that our children see us worshiping him in everything that we do because we are supposed to give him praise, um, even in our work. Our work is also worship. 
Yeah, it's um, it's interesting because I totally I agree with you, Bev. And there's been times where it's like I have nothing else I can do but just uh, worship God while I'm washing the dishes, you know. But I found that also kind of what Joel was saying. Um, I take for granted the fact that my house is filled with worship music all the time to to the point that my kids know the Sunday set before we sing it on Sunday. Um, and so I found that I have to be careful and and make sure that my personal worship is very intentional. At least some of the time, I have to make sure it's very intentional. Um, so I will I will use worship music as a tool. And so if God is speaking to me a word of something, or if I need something from the Lord, if I'm asking for guidance or peace or whatever it might be, I'll go not only to the scripture, which is obviously a wonderful, incredible resource for us, but I will also go to a worship song and one that kind of speaks into that specific need that I'm dealing with. And one of the most powerful times that this this uh, affected me and when I really got to experience this personal worship was when we first came to Calvary. Um, and in following God and his path for our lives, we ended up being uprooted from everything that we had known. And so sitting in a Calvary service for uh, the first time, I heard the song Oceans, which um, if you know that song, the words talk about stepping out into the water, into the great unknown, where feet may fail and fear surrounds us, but spirit lead me where my, where my feet won't wander and where my faith won't falter. Um, it basically talking about, you know, where God is taking you, have faith and don't be afraid no matter what your circumstances look like. And so in that time when we were just, I felt like I was surrounded by uncertainty um, and even fear and worry, I would listen to that song and I would let it wash over me and minister to me, even as you would do sitting in a service on a Sunday. And um, it would change my spirit and my even the atmosphere of my home. It would take it from one of doubt and fear and, and turn it into confidence and faith and trust in what God is doing in my life. So good. Yeah, I love the story of Paul and Silas worshiping in prison. In, uh, in Acts 16, verse 25 to 26, it says, About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's bonds were unfastened. Now, God showed up in their personal worship time. He rescued them. Now, a lot of times in my personal worship time, I'll end up writing a song spontaneously. And uh, Joel mentioned the song, I Will Trust You. We released that song uh, last December and another song at Easter called Unrelenting Love. And I just encourage you to check them out if you haven't. Uh, not, we're not trying to sell records, but those are our church's songs. We're so thankful our birth in this house and that we can declare. Um, and I'm excited to announce that this team up here actually has been writing songs for the last few months and working really hard. And we're going to be recording a live five-song EP in the fall during our Sunday morning services. They'll come out in December. And we want to just capture the heart and the sound of our church worshiping together with songs that were written in this house and for this house to encounter God. So there'll be more information on that soon. But I wanted to take a few minutes to uh, share some of the stories and the heart behind some of the songs. Uh, there's a song called Depending on You that Roger wrote. It's just amazing. And we're going to do it in a few weeks. Uh, but Roger, would you share the story uh, behind that song? Sure. Yeah, coming to, uh, coming to Calvary... This song that I'd written actually six years ago, I wrote a, a simple chorus, and it was just a chorus for about six years, and I'd been rewritten many times over, and 
that time of transition coming to Calvary was one of, of real uncertainty and desperation. And the song meant a lot to me during that time. And I, I rewrote it for the last time, the chorus, and then being here for the last uh, two years was really inspired to write the verses in the bridge. And the, the bridge of the song says, uh, I depend on you, I depend on you, nothing I can do but depend on you. And that really is the, that's the story of the last few years of our life for sure. So good, yeah. And uh, Dustin and I wrote a song called God the Giver that we're going to do in a few weeks as well. And uh, Dustin, can you share the story behind that one? Yeah, um, <clears throat> we were going through uh, the, the the Next Big Thing series a couple of months ago. And I came to Pastor John. That, the, the, that series was all about spiritual gifts and, and God providing uh, things for or giving us gifts and stuff. So so I came to John and I said, I think I think we need to write a song about acknowledging like where these things come from. Uh, not just saying like thank you or, or uh, I'm thankful, but but in in my own life, reflecting and saying like you know God has given me so many things, children, a place to live, finances, whatever, and and saying like uh, you know thank you God, like these these are all come from you, and I'm gonna give them back to you basically. Another song we've been doing for a little while is called Higher Than the Heavens, and we're actually gonna sing it in a little bit. And that song just started as a personal prayer for me. Uh, I was reading Psalm 113, verse 4 to 9. It says, God is higher than anything and anyone, outshining everything you can see in the skies. Who can compare with God, our God, so majestically enthroned, surveying his magnificent heavens and earth? It was just a prayer of being in an awe of God and who he is. And then I just got this picture of that not only does he reign over the earth, but over the heavens, over the universe, over everything till the end of time. And Adam and Joel and I and Dustin helped me finish it. Um, Beverly, would you share the story behind uh, the song we sang earlier in this place? Sure. Um, I really had it on my heart to write a song about the presence of God and what happens in the presence of God. Um, if you come in as a new believer, it may be kind of tricky understanding what does it mean to be in the presence of the Lord. But um, the Lord says when we draw near to him, then he will draw near to us. So it's meeting God in surrender with a childlike faith, just coming to him and surrendering to him. And in that, the Lord just transforms your heart. He will bring healing. He brings completion and restoration. So I just I really felt that strong in my heart that we really just need to um, understand what it's like to be in his presence and to want to be there always. And even though it's called in this place, it doesn't mean it's, it's, a, it's a far off place that you got to be spiritual enough to be to go to, but in this place right now, I want to meet you. Yeah, and we hope these songs uh, are prayers that you can use in your life. And, uh, we're just so thankful for the opportunity and the gift to, to share them with you. And Calvary, would you show your appreciation for our team? Thank you guys so much for sharing today. I just wanted to encourage you on a few more things. Uh, and then we're going to continue to worship together. But number one, we need to come ready on, on Sunday to celebrate who God is, to let go of all the things that are holding us back from worshiping Him, and whether that's a fear or a trial or maybe even your ego. Leave them at the altar and sing praises to Him. And also show up on time. Don't miss the opportunity to praise Him together. Come excited to praise Him with your fellow church members, just like you'd be excited to see your favorite sports team play with your friends, your family, or maybe a favorite band. The second thing is we need to remember we have the privilege to worship corporately. The fact that we don't have to worship together secretly, 
We have the freedom to worship here in this place without breaking the law. Remember the time we sing together is not just some music to entertain you before the word. It's a time to prepare our hearts for the word as well. And it's been such a privilege and honor to serve this church and to worship with you. And when I see you worshiping out there, it encourages me to press in more. That feeling is just so amazing. So thank you for that. My last thing I just want to remind us is that together, when we praise him, we can see and hear him more clearly.